And that's why I believe in you because that is the greatest purpose. It's to love. Honest. It's to, it sounds corny. Whatever you want to say, I don't care. I love people because there is freedom and power in loving people. Hello, all you positive heads out there. Thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, where we have the crazy belief that creating success and happiness is a daily conscious effort, which is why we provide you with a fresh serving of soul food for thought five days a week. I'm your host, Brandon Beecham, and each and every Wednesday, you can tune in to hear me interview a different consciousness changemaker that is out there working tirelessly to help catalyze change and expand awareness all across Spaceship Earth. On the other four weekdays, you can tune in to myself and my co-host, Dalian, giving interpretations of our favorite thought-provoking quotes, sharing a bit of inspiring or mysterious news, taking questions from the audience, and digging into any other mind-expansive topics that will help keep your soul fed by tuning you in to positive vibrations on a regular basis. All right, all you positive heads, on this week's interview episode, I am thrilled to have Corey Allen here with me on the show. Corey is truly a man after my own heart who is intent on exploring the ultimate nature of reality. And as it says in the description of his own stellar podcast, The Astral Hustle, like myself, Corey is just trying to figure out what the heck's the deal with being a vibration of consciousness suspended in a meat spacesuit. <laughs> hey, Corey, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, man. Thank you so much. Really stoked to be on. Yeah, likewise. I've been looking forward to this uh you know, ever since we scheduled it a while back, and uh, when I was turned on to your to your show originally, I was like, "Ah, this this is definitely a man after my own heart." And I started kind of perusing your your different uh, you know podcast and interviews, and I noticed like you know some people like Mitch Schultz, who I've had on the show, and mm -hmm. so. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll have a lot good to talk about, I'm sure. But uh, I would like to start out the same way I always start out. You're in an elevator. You've got 10 floors to answer. The guy next to you looks over and says, what's your passion? What do you say? Um, just figuring out how, how, for, how much deeper and um, uh, further I can understand what it means to exist as a human being. Figure out this meat spacesuit thing, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just, you know, the question of, of, you know, what are we? Why are we? And uh, how can we become more of what we are is what's interesting. Wow. That is the question. And it's, you know, it's one of those things I have to always really check myself. And it, it comes up in conversation a lot with people who are on this sort of path of realization, I guess you would say. And it's like, we're going somewhere. We're becoming more. We're we're seeing more individually as you know, a, as um, society, as a culture, um, and I think it's just so important to understand that the journey is the goal as well. And it's so easy, especially for individuals like us. Like, oh, how do we how do we understand more? How do we get further? And you do you know sometimes you have to be really careful not to do that at the expense of ah where I'm at is really nice. Let's stop and like you know smell the roses as they say right yeah yeah totally i i look at it as just a, a constant unfolding you know yeah. it's it's an allowing and an unfolding in that way you don't get wrapped up in your your monkey mind you know trying to overly falling into the trap of over intellectualization um can be had by um allowing deeper truths of 
the human experience to be revealed to you as opposed to trying to force them because whenever right. you're tending to, you know, if, if you're, if you're digging at it as opposed to allowing the realizations to come, then in the construction and excavation of that, those questions and those answers, you're essentially, you're using the process, uh, oriented, uh, aspect of your ego to build those answers. You know, I described the, the subjective perception of our reality as it's, it's sort of like, you know, obviously we have this nervous system that's taking a reading of the universe outside of our skin and abstracting a subjective singular viewpoint of an objective universe. And that thing, that process is not only, only experiencing one frequency of the universe, a unique frequency, which has its, Mm. its beauty, which is why all of us as humans are interesting and I'll have a different flavor you know, of, of personality and life, etc. But it also um, is sort of like a, someone that works in an office and uh, needs to show the boss that they're getting work done, even if there's not a lot of work to be done. So your brain will, <laughs> right. will calculate and fill in the gaps and kind of create shit along the way. And, right. um, you know, so that's something that definitely happens if you are pressing and trying to find these answers with, uh, fury is that your your ego will kind of fill in the gaps and you'll you'll uh, create kind of get on some tangential thoughts for sure and then since your ego is attached to those thoughts you identify with them as being personal and have yep. a hard time letting go of them absolutely yeah um are you familiar with a guy uh Sevan bomar by chance no Oh, you should check out Savon. Um, actually, it just kind of hits me. I, I have this thing, right, where lately it seems like when I meet people and as we sort of, you know, speaking of this unfolding of, of understanding, one of the things that's I, I'm, is happening a lot for me, Corey, is when I talk to people or meet people where I'll instantly start making these connections with them to other individuals. Like mm-hmm. I'll start, it'll happen to me, like, for example, I met a girl last week and it was like an overwhelming flood of this other girl that I know, you know, um, who I hadn't seen in a year or so. It's like, oh, wow. Like they're, okay, these two are connected. They're like hatched from the same egg, so to speak, the same cosmic egg. And that seems to happen to me more and more. And so I'll, I'll, you know, I'll connect with someone and it doesn't always happen, but it's all of a sudden I'll start getting all like feeling this other person. And as you're talking, it's just like Sevan Bomar. And, and what do you know? He has a podcast called, um, Astral Quest. So, and this guy is a trip and instantly as you're talking and, you know, this is the first time you and I've talked, I'm like, Sevan Bomar, like I just feel that same sort of energy and you will definitely dig him. You should definitely connect with him and in, in his show and, and you guys, I'm sure you'll end up talking well, see, to each other. Now I, now I have to go find that guy and kill him. Yeah, right, right. Well, of course. Yeah. Right. He's stealing your thunder, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's quite the wizard. So uh, he's nice, quite the nice. sorcerer, as I would say. He's definitely channeling some source energy. So yeah, um, that should be an interesting battle. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, I'll, I'll check him out for sure, man. <laughs> yeah. So tell me a little bit. You're you're located. Uh, your hub is Austin, Texas. Seems to be sort of a a hot spot of consciousness to some degree as well. So tell me a little bit about your, your background, how you ended up there, how you ended up on this path doing, doing the show. Well, I'm, I'm from Texas. I'm from Austin. And, um, my background is, is music and philosophy. I got into music, uh, very, very young 
and also philosophy, uh, Eastern, Western, you know, uh, both, both sides of the coin, uh, into meditation as well. Whenever I was, you know, in my early, early teen years and really, you know, at a, at a young age being, um, obsessed with music to almost a, um, kind of manic degree, uh, and also with, mm. with consciousness, you know, that th- those things have woven together, together over time. They all, always were connected in some regard. And, um, I, you know, basically I, I've always had a sense as, uh, of, uh, there was something more and something deeper that I was feeling or, or wanted to feel more of about reality. And as I began to kind of, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, digest the Western and Eastern canons of philosophy and go inward, I realized the most interesting thing to me was the thing that was broadcasting that signal, which was my own consciousness. So I get from there, I got very interested in, and, um, you know, neurology, psychology, semantics, and wove all that in with, with esoteric, um, thought systems as well. Um, so over time, you know, I became a professional uh, music engineer and composer and, I actually intentionally waited, you know, I, uh, as I mentioned, I always had an insatiable, uh, drive to find just for personal reasons out of pure internal curiosity and desire to know more about the human experience. And that was always going, um, I intentionally waited until I felt like I was in a, the, the place I wanted to be in internally before I started, um, deploying a public profile and inversion of, what that is and you know, who I mm-hmm. am because I wanted to make sure that, um, as Bukowski said, you know, uh, the blondes and the men with the movie camera showed up too late. You know, he didn't care anymore <laughs> because he was over it, you know? And so I was waiting yeah. until I was over it. I was over myself and, you know, my ego was in a place <laughs> where, uh, I had had peeled its fingers off the joystick enough to feel comfortable putting something out into the world and ultimately my right. friend um aubrey um uh, aubrey marcus uh, I was on his podcast you know i don't know a dozen times or whatever and um i had so many people from his listener uh, group emailing me and sending me messages all the time being like dude you've got to start a podcast so your turn couple, man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after a couple of years i i decided to i was like, okay you know i'm i've felt ready and, and, um, yeah, moved into doing the Astro Hustle. Beautiful, beautiful. And you launched that show, uh, what, a, a year ago or so? Yeah. Yeah. About, um, about a year ago. Yeah. 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 That's a pretty close to when I launched uh positive head a little over a year ago, you know, spring was a year. So, and the cool thing about it is also natural in that, you know, my friends, j- uh, just, uh, we always had these conversations all the time, as you mentioned, like Mitch, mm-hmm. Uh, Mitch Aubrey, you know, Hamilton Souther, uh, Daniele Bellelli, you know, all these people that have been on my podcast, they're just friends. And, and we would have these conversations and, and, um, you know, at some point uh, as it was sort of percolating, I thought, Hey, you know, this is just a good thing to, to share with the world and uh, share these interesting conversations. And I like having my friends on that have no public profile or persona whatsoever, 
because mm. honestly, those are some of the best conversations. We just like, holy when we talk on the phone, you know, we're just having these conversations, and I'll we'll we'll laugh a lot of time and say, hey, this this would have been a great podcast. Yeah. So I try and it's have, funny because I think of that all the time now. If I have a good conversation, like I had a good conversation that wasn't being recorded last night, and I was thinking the same thing. This person is so epic. I should be recording this, and it's uh, it's it's funny how that works. And and you you know you mentioned just the people who don't have a public persona. I've said that before, you know, I've had some pretty, I've been really blessed to have some amazing people on the show, you know, that Oprah's interviewed a couple people and, you know, some pretty, pretty high profile people. And, and some of those have been really, really great. I mean, most all of them have been good, but some of my favorite conversations have been with people that don't have a big public, like Sevon Bomar, for example, he's the only person I was like, dude, we got a second podcast. Like, let's do this again. I've got so many more things to talk to you about. So, uh, and he has a little bit of a public profile, but you know, it's not like Eben Alexander, who's like, you know, this big best-selling author or, you know, some of the other uh, folks that I've had on. So, yeah, I fully agree. Sometimes I like bringing on my my friends who have hardly any public profile, and some of them are just so brilliant and have so much going on internally, and they've kind of like you were talking about, maybe they haven't sort of put that together and made a step out into a public arena. Maybe they never will. I mean, obviously, that's not for everyone. But, but yeah, uh, exactly, exactly, man. It doesn't that's in like, any way, like, minimize what they are and what they have to offer. So bringing that, it's almost like bringing that gem, you know, that no one's going to hear otherwise to give them that, you know, give people access, right? Right, yeah, that's that's actually my main interest in, in all of this stuff and in life is, is truth and and genuine uh, mm. honesty about all of this stuff. So Absolutely. people who don't have public profiles, often you'll find um, have that authenticity more than Holy. people who do because they're not thinking, there's not an aspect of the brain thinking in this self-aware way about, okay, how is this going to go out into the world? How will this mm-hmm. be seen? They're just being themselves. And those are the people that I surround myself with, you know? And, and so it's, great to have yeah. people that no one you know they have zero profile and they don't have any desire to have one and i actually think that that's a, a good thing I, I know some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet that you know no one knows and they don't want to be known and that's why right. they're they're as as amazing as they are and unfortunately i can kind of talk some of them to getting on my podcast and right. i take great joy in being able to share those people with the world and people the listeners of them are like man that guy is amazing and i'm like yeah he's just chill- chilling in los angeles <laughs> living his life man you know yeah yeah, th- yeah, yeah. that's my secret stash <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah beautiful yeah i totally feel you on that i i i've said it multiple times and it's uh it makes it fun too to not have like sort of that pressure of i've got to have this you know this big notable guest or else it somehow reflects poorly on you know myself and it's like i'm like the opposite direction like at this point it's like where can i find those gyms that no one knows you know yeah that's a flawed that's a flawed way of thinking it really is it really is but um so you've been at this about a year or so. You obviously uh, have some interesting guests. You go, you delve down some interesting rabbit holes. What are what are some of your favorite shows that you've had? What are the topics? What did you guys talk about? What, you know, mm, uh, man, I, I mean, I, I do, I do dig them all. You know, like I, it's kind of that thing is all the conversations I've had have I've enjoyed, and I knew that you know they would be great conversations just because they're great people. Um, you know, ones that stick out, 
I, my friend Brian Ramish is uh, is one of those people that you know doesn't have a public profile, but has just a, been a great friend of mine for I don't know fifteen years, and we've just mm-hmm. talked about th- this stuff you know all over that time and, and kind of grown together, and it was a real real treat to be able to share him uh, with with everyone and. Um, you know, Hamilton, me and Hamilton, he's a, he's a shaman that, that started the blue morpho ayahuasca center. He's also a great friend. And, um, we, uh, we had a good one and, you know, really, I, I like the conversations where I can press the gas pedal without any worry of, um, you know, things getting too far out or too stretched out. Cause that's really right. what I enjoy ultimately is like how far out and stretched out can I get my thinking you know and yeah yeah and so the ones where i feel um you know i I don't know if you feel this but whenever i tend to start reaching the horizon of my mind i'll start feeling a little stoned you know and i think it's your right the the modular (laughs) nature of your uh perception becoming more multi-dimensional like in real time Mm. you know Ah, so you know of course aubrey's oh he's great um you know the they're all they're all great. I, I dropped a, a one this this week with Michael Phillip, who who runs the Third Eye podcast, and and that was a, a great one. People have been really enjoying that one. So I'd say just, okay. just I, check I don't think I'm out. familiar with it. Oh you really? Yeah, he's he's killer, man. I, I highly recommend checking him and and his podcast out. He has definitely you know given the name Third Eye Drops. He definitely uh, revolves around a lot of the psychedelic um, mm. culture and things like that. But in in the way that I believe it, it should be. Uh, should be done, you know, not in some goopy goopy sort of masturbatory way. Right. Realizing <laughs> it's a like a very, um, <clears throat> it's something to be taken very serious on one hand, right? I mean, it is a medicine uh, that you know. I, if I had a nickel for every time, uh, you know, I was talking. Uh, I just did a interview with um, with a guy, Mike Bledsoe, who does a fitness podcast, which is a little out of the realm of what I normally do, but he has had his own sort of spiritual awakening in, in the, you know, recent years. And, you know, what's his story? It's like, oh, well, I got, did mushrooms one time. And, you know, next thing I know, it's like my whole, you know, my whole perspective has shifted from that one experience. And it seems like, uh, you know, mushroom seems to play that role a lot for people, at least people that I come across, where it's like that was sort of the catalyst for them uh, that led to to a shift in perspective that they never sort of uh, recovered from in a good way. So, um, yeah, I think it is super important for people to to understand it is, uh, I mean, when you're talking about taking something, whether, you know, mushrooms, LSD, ayahuasca, whatever, and it's like, someone takes it and they're going to be shifted in a permanent way. That's like certainly not something to be taken lightly, right? Even though it's typically a good shift, it's still like you're not going to come back from, you know, you're going to be different than you once were. Perhaps. Yeah. You know, I I don't, I actually don't really like the term like medicine. And I I know Mm -hmm. people use that a lot because Mm -hmm. to me, I think medicine semantically insinuates that there's a, a, a there's a finality to it you know like it's a cure you know where mm-hmm, um it's mm-hmm, like if you mm-hmm. have a cold and you you or a, a, an illness or of a flu and you take some antibiotics you know that's a mm-hmm. medicine by definition and that there is a sure. stopping point for the ailment i f- feel like psychedelics are just tools and mm-hmm. um you know there are, are wrenches that you can use to hit tight tighten or loosen the hinges of various aspects of the self if used you know correctly 
Yeah, that and, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, st- I started experimenting you know, with those whenever I was uh, very young, you know, and um, I, I do um, probably, you know, early teen years. Oh, wow. And yeah, um, yeah I, I think all of that plus reading, you know, philosophy in, in, in neuroscience and all these things together definitely had an impact. Um, but, yeah. you know, I get people that hit me up frequently asking me my perspective on, on, uh, those things. And should I do ayahuasca? You know, I told, I was on, well, on one of my appearances on Aubrey's podcast, I told my ayahuasca story after him and I went, uh, to the Amazon and, uh, mm-hmm. it, it kind of be- became, it sent some shockwaves to the community and that, you know, the amount of people that, that hit me up afterwards were, one saying, you know, I, I want to have your experience, you know, and, and should I do it? Should I do it? And it's like, well, if, if you're it's putting a lot on me to ask me for the answer to what you should do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always tell people no. And then if they do it anyways, then the answer was yes. You know, then, then they should have done it. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> no, right. Uh, yeah. The yeah. lawyer's answer. <laughs> right. And it's like, you know, it, you don't want to have my experience. You want to have your experience. That's the whole point. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you you uh have you been down to the Amazon one time, multiple times? Like is ayahuasca something that you've um, you know experimented with often? I I only went one time and um that I felt like that mm-hmm. was all that was needed. I mean, I did uh five ceremonies in the the time oh, yeah. I was there, but I only uh I felt good after after one. Well, it sounds like you had a, a an an epic experience um from you know what you were just saying people reaching out wanting to have your experience you want to share a little of what it was like for you sure um basically you know the um um, i i've been studied meditation for uh, over 15 years and um was i felt uh you know in, in a great place intellectually and internally um and prepared for what uh what i could receive and i mm-hmm. i believe in you know and talking to don howard who's a, a maestro uh, where aubrey and i went you know one of the things he said is you you'll receive what you're prepared to receive you know and yeah. in, in that work and so whenever i went down there i was looking for confirmations in some way because my you know astral vision and and awareness of myself and the universe i felt was um at a at a place that I felt like I'd gotten through a membrane, you know, mm-hmm. and um I wanted was curious what confirmation that I could be shown about that, and right, boy, I got that confirmation, you know the first <laughs> you know the first night, <laughs> and um yeah, I mean it, it would you know I could spend hours talking about um, the details of the experiences, but essentially um, it was ex- extraordinarily powerful. I uh, was, was really able to um, have my sort of mainframe fried a bit and <laughs> get out of myself in, in a lot of ways, which I had not been able to before. Um, it, mm-hmm. It's helped me redefine parts of my, self uh, the way that i um, interact with 
other people with my ego and um, the way I, I see things in the larger picture of the entire system and ecosystem of the cosmos. And, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I actually had an, an, a funny, uh, you know, sidebar to that is that I was a vegetarian for seven years before that. And after my mm-hmm. ceremonies, I started eating meat again. You know, oh, wow. Often, that's, often, interesting. that's like the opposite of one of my friends. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was, it was a, a very powerful experience, you know, in the after, after effects, that's one of the things that people don't talk about often. And, you know, as I said, you know, you receive what you're ready to receive. And I had a, a, a peak, you know, experience, um, judging from my own judgment and from people who are experienced around me, friends that have, uh, that were there. Oh, you know, Mitch was there as well. And Amber Lyon was there, you know, so a lot of the, okay. the folks uh, that are, involved in that uh so mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i had a, a peak experience and I, I think that the integration matches um the dynamic of your experience and so my integration was you know a six month long process maybe longer you wow know, um it's i kind of have described it before as like a it's like a jenga game underwater and the pieces are all coming <laughs> up and floating to the surface you know uh simultaneously in slow motion <laughs> and you're dealing with That's these funny. weird aspects of things about your, your consciousness where, you know, we have these uh, levels of awareness about um, what, how we perceive the world, what's floating around our subconscious and intuitive feeling as to what we've been kind of denying in a way, but we're also aware of there's this weird space between subconscious and consciousness where we have these, um, you know, our, our intellectual, our gear based mind, our math mind has a real strong grip on and being able to shroud what our heart mind knows. And, you know, most people mm-hmm. go through life feeling and following their intuition, um, kind of inadvertently, but then processing mm-hmm. that intuition of the heart mind through the, the math mind because they believe that the, the, you know, transmutation of their intuition through their their intellectual mind will make their presentation towards the cosmos and other people more digestible and that's often mm-hmm. where uh authenticity is becomes further separated you know is in that yeah. process and so you know there's this space on the path from the heart mind to the 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 math mind where um things i think pull over to the side of the road and mm. We go through life experiencing these things and these truths about ourselves, uh, about the world, and and about our decision making, which um, we intuitively feel one way and and sort of get in this gridlock between the two spaces. And even though we know them, we um, can't define and, and and change them. And I feel like. For me, there was a, a lot of those things became aware. They all floated to the surface uh, after that. And I was forced to deal with all of those cars that had pulled over <laughs> on the side of the road, you know? Right. Um, and it was very hard. Very, very hard. Very humbling. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, the, another big aspect of, of that work and also work with any, you know, psychedelic and I've been in, I've been involuntarily involved with the psychedelic conversation on a, on a global level 
uh, <laughs> because because of <laughs> you know experiences I've shared or things I've talked about, I've, I've been pulled into being talking about it, you know, a lot, uh, kind of against my right. against my will. But um, <laughs> it keeps coming up. It, it does up, indeed. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it does indeed. Um, so you know, it's there's this. Um, you know, the, it's, it's very humbling, you know, in, in, in those experiences, what happens is that there is a, uh, especially with ayahuasca or something like that, there's a, a swell of the ego, you know, momentarily, but because people are looking for an acceptance of self and one mm. of the things that people often instruct and talk about is say, Hey, you know, self love, you've got to learn to love yourself, which is true. In that process mm -hmm. of waking up that part of ourselves that can love ourselves, you know, we're using very slippery symbolic terms here, love, you know, to, mm. to, in, to apply that to the self is like, you know, I don't like the word spirituality, you know, I don't like the word God, any of those words I feel like are so strapped with semantic baggage that we don't even know what we're talking about other than the relation right. of our own, uh, you know, internal meaning with those things. So People, I, I feel like in my observation, mistake self-love with self-adornment. And mm. in that feeling, trying to open up those channels through these these processes of psychedelics or what have you, um, people's egos tend to swell because um, mm -hmm. it's, oh, I'm great. I'm beautiful. I'm a perfect person. Mm. And through right. the mouth filter of new age you know, masturbatory bullshit that all paints a pr pretty picture. It fits into the quotes and the paradigms of, you know, the, the, the pictures of a sunset with a quote by whichever, you know, choose right. your flavor of, of, um, commercialized, you know, yogi or mindfulness teacher and slap that bitch on there. And, you know, it, it fits into right. all that real well, but, um, in, in totally. authenticity and truth, you know, what's happening is you're sort of hit, hitting this dead end where it's a, it's an indulgence of the self, but you know, mm -hmm. fortunately, you know, what, what that can be. It can be a, like a jumping off point, right? It's sort of a, a marker in the road for a lot of people. Right. It's an overcorrection is what it is. And so people don't see it as that. It's like, if you're riding a bicycle and you start to fall, you have to yank the handlebars in order to gain your balance. But if you yank them while you're riding in normal balance, you would wipe out. And so it's, we've got to right. go too far to, to then be able to come back to find the natural center point. And I feel like that's, that step is, is missing because that's not the pretty aspect of it. It's not, it's, it's mm -hmm. not um, gratifying. It's not romantic. It's not seductive to, to, to um, come to, to find that white hot of truth about the self. And so I, right. I went through awful internal shit and war after my experience fighting with all that, because, you know, as I said at the beginning of this, my deepest and most sincere interest is truth and being honest with myself, right. with others and be, having an earnest and, and um, no bullshit approach to my own understanding of me in the world. And so I, you know, and that's just right. an intuitive thing, you know, that's just kind of like what's baked in the fibers of who I am. 
And so in that process, you know, it was like, it's like, okay, great. Here's a whole bunch of bullshit that I thought I had had dealt with (laughs) and it's time to deal with it, you know? And that, that affects your friends and your, your relationships and, and your family and and all that type of stuff. But in, in the end, you know, for me in that experience, and I could talk about, you know, during my ceremonies, I was shown the source of the universe, which is an infinite river of neon mandalas. I was, went through a bunch of tubes and was uh, visited by the gods of the eagle community who told me that I was a god, you know, and also an eagle, um, kind of like an Egyptian pharaoh, uh, golden eagle thing. And I was looked into someone else's consciousness and went through the conduits of their mind and saw traumas from 10, 15 years ago of a person who I didn't know that well. And later I talked to them about that and they confirmed that they had those experiences. You know, I looked at friends I knew like Aubrey or Mitch wow. and, uh, or Dan Engel that were all in, in ceremony and saw like Polaroids being thrown down of their life as children and in other moments and talked to them afterwards. Wow. And they said, oh, I, how did you know I, I was wearing that shirt or whatever on that day when that thing happened? You know, I I, wow. I I look at all that as as information. You know, it's like because right. even in the and they'll show you how stringent my philosophy is, is that even in the an experience which is transcendent, we're still categorizing and abstracting that experience through our nervous system, and we're we're, yeah. we're creating the symbology of what our mind is abstracting and reading from universe, no matter what frequency it is, if it's meat space or if it's some type of, you know, other multi layer of the multiverse, we're still categorizing that information internally with our brains, with our nervous systems and our own psych. It's flowing and being filtered through our own psychology. So to me, to look at those experiences as objective truths is, is an error and I look at them as uh, simply information, you know, so it's a matter of, you know, the, the postmodern philosophical viewpoint of, I believe and don't believe everything simultaneously because I understand that my reality is simply shades of perception. And so, right. you know, that's where a lot of people get lost as well. And then the further development of the ego from there in a hierarchy is created. I say destroy hierarchy. The hierarchy only creates problems, you know, and especially in the internal work. Because someone will go, oh, I, I have the truth now. I've got a secret to everyone, you know, yeah. and they'll have right, this. Right, 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 right. So I could. I'm the one. I'm special. We're all the one. Fucker. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, it seems like this thing that everyone kind of goes through as your consciousness, uh, you know, as you awaken and have, you know, more realization about your place in the universe. And of course, the more, you know, the more you realize you don't know, but you're, you're sort of on this, this path of, Oh, wow. I I'm, I'm understanding more, you know, as you, you know, as you mentioned, you're, you're all about finding the truth and you're finding truths along the way. So you may, you know, you, there's more truth in your, in your, you know, backpack than there was maybe 10 years ago. And so it's, you know, I've heard it referred to as like spiritual narcissism. You got to be so careful when you start realizing, hold on, I'm one with all that is, and I'm, you know, all these things uh, to, it is a very slippery slope where all of a sudden now you're creating more separation and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm the chosen one. I'm, I'm all those things. And, um, of course, thankfully the universe is very good at, uh, <laughs> it, it is no respecter of men, right, right? right? And everyone gets humbled. So I, I think, uh, that is, uh, it seems to be 
sort of a, a common theme uh, with a lot of people on this similar path. Totally. Have to, have to kind of go through and be humbled and under, understand you're everything and nothing all at <laughs> right, once. Right. Like you couldn't be, you know, nothing matters, everything counts kind of thing. Right. We, we are content within the universe not the other way around, you know, like our, our being, our human consciousness and life is a symptom of the existence of the cosmos. You know, people often think that they're the sun and the center of all things. And it makes sense because your consciousness is broadcasting from your head, your positive head <laughs> thing. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so you, you, you think that you're the center point, you know, but really we're all a part of the same thing, as you were saying, um, yeah. And it's, you know, I, I, this, I, I love the, if, if people like that topic or, or sniff or sniffing around themselves, catching some whiffs of potentialities while we're talking about this, a great book is, uh, you mentioned spiritual narcissism, but Chogyam Krumpa has the book, you know, cutting through spiritual materialism. That's a great one where he addresses mm. in his usual, uh, beautiful way, those things. And, um, you know, that, that's like, I give lectures, I have a meditation course and I've, as I said, studied and practiced meditation and uh, for for a very long time and you know i give lectures and and, and talks on consciousness and and um i kind of call it my fucked cosmic philosophy and um <laughs> you know one of the things i typically do to start those is is show how we're distracted by the idea that mindfulness and any of this stuff we're talking about the development of the internal self um you know so much of it is is so such irrelevant skin deep nonsense it's all self-identification yeah. and, and really missing the point of the core of of mindful thinking and you know the the core the core of it is is where you are the, the intention from where you're living is coming from not yeah. what you look like not intention if you're wearing a hundred dollar yoga pants or shipibo patterned shirt or something like that you know um, right. And so I'll, I'll typically, right. you know, I'll start those, those lectures or those talks or something with a, um, something, a, a joke, well, one of which I've used is being like, okay, so everyone here is hung over and just had a couple of cups of coffee, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> because that's, I did, you know, so but it's like, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a good way to disarm right. and, and show people like, Hey, you know, I'm just, yeah. uh, uh, we're, we're all people talking about our experiences and we, none of us right. have any answers and that's, that's all there is, you know? Yeah. It brings you down to earth very quickly. Totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. And you know, another big piece on this uh, journey of self-discovery and, you know, desire to be as genuine and as possible and uncover truth is, you know, and something you men mentioned, it kind of made me think of my experiences uh, with ayahuasca. I've had done five um different kind of ceremonies with this with the same individual guy named pablo miller and actually did an interview with him very early on really really good uh but he talked uh some of the things that you talked about really reminded me of of sort of my experiences with him and that is moving during my ayahuasca journeys moving from the head into the heart when fear would sort of arise. And one of the things that he would talk about when you'd have these overwhelming uh, and integration afterwards as your you know, fears or things are coming up that you need to work through, you talked about pulling over on the side of the road. And I was thinking that was like his, what he would say, like literally if you're driving, pull over on the side of the road, throw some, you know, uh, blinders on or whatever, you know, I don't know what you call those things that people sleep with and sit there and listen to some music and like deal with it, go within. And, um, so 
it's it seems like another big piece you've got on one hand sort of the the ego thing that arises with a lot of people on this journey and then the other for me has been a big one is releasing like fears that really that are sort of holding me back that were and that's been a lot of my journeys is you know wanting to have sort of you know, going into ayahuasca with wanting, you know, what you, the things you're describing, it's like, ah, those sound like, for me, ego-wise, those sound like fun and adventurous and all those things. In reality, it's like, okay, there's there's fears that are, you know, and, and fears that are really not, what are they based on? Why are these things even there? They're kind of like silly on, on one hand, uh, you know. And so, I and I was kind of looking through some of your different, shows and it looks like you've you've talked a, a, a bit about that releasing fear uh, i'd be very curious to hear i didn't get to hear that particular episode but i'd be curious to hear what is your sort of uh thoughts as someone is is dealing with fears that come up and of course this is something that plagues most people right yeah 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 i mean you know i would say that you're you're moving from your in your experience talking about moving from your intellectual mind into the heart mind and feeling fear mm-hmm. it's you know the Essentially, you know, would be you getting closer to um, allowing yourself into things that you know, just like what I was talking about earlier, things you know intuitively, but that you haven't dealt with for whatever reason. And that's fear, because when you move from the mind to the heart, you're dealing with truth and truth is fucking scary for most people, man, because it makes you acknowledge things about yourself, about your ego and, you know, about what you the story about who you are that you're projecting out into the world, you know? And so, yeah, it, it is, it can be hard to deal with, but you know, the, I would say that like we all, I've looked at it this way for as long as I can remember. And I don't even know where it came from, but I thought you die at the end of this. Right. Mm-hmm. So what is there to fear? Like, you know, yeah. we're just, we're going, no one's through. getting out alive. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the, the only thing that like I approach those internal fears or uncomfortable things with complete as much truth as I can. And with love, because if you speak from the heart mind, even to yourself, if you listen to yourself, listen to all you have to do is listen in any of this stuff. All you have to do is quiet your mind and listen to yourself and you can access truth and the fear is essentially like, it's like running, like nothing is easy. Like I ran four miles right before we started this podcast. And there was times where I was getting tired, but it's like, why am I running? It's because I want to feel good later. Well, the running right now right. where my knees are hurting and you know, I'm, I'm getting winded and it's hot outside. That sucks, but I'm not doing that I'm for that feeling. I'm doing it for later. And that's just like what experiencing fear and moving through fear to get to honesty and love is, is like not everything in life. We tend to think that everything must be this pleasant, you know, uh, rosy, you know, kind of almost hedonistic type of affair, but it's like, no, you know, keeping in mind that opening your heart and grounding yourself and moving into those fears with love and patience you know, knowing that you'll move through them into a deeper sense of self-awareness and love is, is a powerful way to look at it because yeah, it'll suck. It'll suck, but you're, you know, you're, you're sweating out your fear through that, through that process. And, you know, and it's just on the road to truth on the road to, like I was talking about earlier, feeling good, feeling healthy is work. 
you know, and, and it's just, that's part of the work yeah. is, is moving through that stuff. Yeah. And I, I'm a firm believer that those fears are sort of gatekeepers to, you know, it's like, I'll often say it's like, you know, a lump of coal until you deal with it and process it, then it becomes sort of the diamond, right? On the other side of that fear is the the gift. And when you can, and I, for me, that helps to fuel my, I guess, courage to deal with the things that I've put off or I don't want to look at, or, you know, it's like, okay, that's actually a gift in disguise. Don't, don't be fooled. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that has empowered me personally to sort of face some of this stuff. Yeah. And you know, the, the other thing is that like, we all, we're not all meant to go spelunking into infinity. You know, some people like <laughs> we, we need to find, that's just my t- trip, you know, so, and, and perhaps your trip, like, but people, you know, especially in my meditation course, like hundreds of people, you know, take my course. And one of the things I hear a lot is um, people feeling like kind of self um, disappointed, you know, self-flagellation for being like, Oh, I, you know, I couldn't get this thought or this thing's holding me back. And it's like, yeah, man, you know, that's just a part of, of our experience. There there will never be a clean, you're never going to be a cooked goose. You know, you're never going to be this clean, empty vessel. It's just all part of the process. Like this thing is a constant unfolding of you. It's a blossoming that happens over and over and over. However, the upside to it is, is, is that, you know, as you confront that first round of shit that's inside of yourself, um, it, it gets those roadways and kind of clear open. So then the more you yeah. learn to be honest with yourself and deal with truth, the easier it becomes and the more you clear out. And then, then as you go through life, as more nasty shit comes your way, which it always will like, you know, we, our consciousness, our being is a river and there'll always be good things and bad things flowing in it. And we'll always get hung up sometimes, you know, but it's, it's yep. all about how you deal with that. And so the, the more command you get at, at dealing with those things, the easier it becomes to move uh, instinctually. And as your, your reactive response towards that, those fears or those problems with truth and love and, and compassion for others and for the self. Yeah, it's such a big piece for people, you know, how how many people out there are so quick to judge themselves and beat themselves up for where they are and where they're not and, you know, hold themselves in in comparison to someone else and where they're at in their own journey. It's like this is truly is a a journey of self-discovery. You're sort of in this alone. And and if you can stop putting yourself up against someone else and where they're at in their own journey or what you have or haven't done. It seems to be the biggest obstacle, uh, for, for most people, you know, they're just so hard on the self-deprecating and so hard on themselves. And it's like, yeah, like you said, it's a constant unfolding. You're never going to get it done. You're going to continue, you know, this thing goes on and on and on. Every time you hit a new plateau, you're going to realize there's a whole vista that opens up in front of you and you have just as far to go as you ever did. Right. And it's 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 infinite. It's eternal. So just kind of relax into being perfectly imperfect. Absolutely, man. Yeah, absolutely. Man, so many interesting things that I could I could bring up to talk to you about. One thing that I I love, oh well, 
One thing that I noticed on your show that as I was kind of skimming through and didn't have time to listen to them all, but they all seemed so interesting and of course took bits and pieces. There was one where you talked about uh, hearing a repeated sentence in a dream. And I find, of course, the dream state so fascinating. And uh, so I was like, okay, I'm not even going to go there. I'm just going to ask him, what is the repeated sentence in the dream? Tell us a little bit about that. um, The backstory on it was, you know, I, I experience this thing, kind of a phenomenon every once in a while where I will be dreaming and Mm -hmm. as I am waking up, I'm conscious of the threshold of my mind or, you know, moving through the threshold from sleeping to waking consciousness. Mm -hmm. But like Mm -hmm. my witness mind is observing that transaction of um, my own mind waking to this reality. And perhaps it's because I've made the joke so many times about um, I believe Suzuki saying that you, uh, you know, uh, enlightenment is doing, uh, is very easy. You do it every night, you know, while you're sleeping, the trick is just doing it while you're awake. <laughs> Maybe it's my, right, pun- my, right. my punishment for making that joke so many times, but, um, uh, right. you know, uh, I'll have that experience every once in a while and I find it, I love it. It's a very fascinating, interesting thing to sort of observe your, like, your your move from dream world into waking consciousness. So this this particular occasion, I was dreaming of this voice saying, "Remember to see the divinity." It was going, "Remember mm. to see the divinity in in all wow. things, in all people, in yourself, in all situations, in all aspects." Yeah, you know, remember yeah. to see the divinity, and it just kept repeating that over and over and over. Wow, and that was what I woke up to was that that sound on loop, you know, it's was, it was kind of wow. dreaming that and it came up and I continued to hear it in my waking reality, which is common for me, you know, given that my, obviously my background in audio and sound, I have a sort of a, if there's an auto I mean, I'm sorry, if there was a, uh, um, you know, they say you have a, a um, um, kind of a picture, a picture memory. What was it? What the, was that term? Where oh, you, okay. Like, um, like, uh, oh, synesthesia, well, not that- synesthesia, but having like a, where whatever you see, you can remember seeing that thing, you know? Um, oh, right, right, right. Uh, photographic, photographic memory? There we go, photographic memory. I think I sort of have like an autographic memory. <laughs> so oh, I right, hear, right, right. you know, sounds like I hear songs and, you know, harmonic structures Audio and file. production qualities. Yeah. So I, I think in, in, in life, uh, I experience some, you know, facets of that for sure. And so in dreams, you're hearing these sentences, these sayings and things and, uh, you know, continuing to wake up and, and hear it as well. So that was a pretty trippy one. It was it was great. So and a, and a good reminder yeah. at that. Yeah, I think that's a, the the most profound reminder, really. And it's it's something that I'll I'll talk about a lot on the show. Is like if you you know, there's so many mundane moments in our you know, well, we call them mundane, and it's because we're not bringing that awareness to the moment. And it's like this moment is divine actually. And not only is it divine, it's as divine as any other moment that ever has been or will be. And if you take that sort of concept and play with it in any given, you know, mundane moment, especially it becomes a really interesting sort of exercise to say, okay, this is like here, this I'm doing this very mundane thing, but hold on on one. I'm going to play with the idea that this is the most divine moment that's ever been equal to all others. Okay. Now I'm going to look for the divinity in the moment. And when you start doing that, it starts taking on a whole different quality and things sort of start like you're talking about with, you know, audio, like really 
popping out, right? Or being an audiophile, a hi-fi enthusiast. It's like, that's what sort of starts happening with your reality. And uh, I, I love to talk about it because I'm not the best at it all the time. <laughs> and it's like a reminder, like, you know, uh, dude, this moment is divine. This moment right here, this is as divine as any other moment. So now how does that make you, as far as all our uh, sort of, struggles or or you know we've got all these goals and things we need to achieve it's like well you're not going to achieve anything that's more magical than what's already happening so sort of relax into into these divine moments and know that they're unending and thank goodness they change so that we don't get bored out of our minds uh but um to me that's like a very profound sentence to 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 hear and one to uh definitely take to heart for sure. And, and I'm changing my bio now to hi-fi reality enthusiasts. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely, so man. I mean, that's like my meditation course is called Release Into Now for that very reason. Is it's all about, you know, we, we get this, we have this idea that, you know, we have to acquire something, we have to grasp something in order to gain some understanding of the self and the nature of our reality, but it's quite the opposite. It's all letting go and allowing yourself to observe that moment from that perspective um, as continuously as possible. And the more you do it, you know, the more that awareness grows into you, you know, even, even whenever I'm having my, my shittiest day, you know, I, um, in, in my witness mind is, is still very aware of like, yeah, you know, this is, this is the compost that's, that's as equally beautiful and relevant as the flower, but my monkey mind and for various reasons mm. in that, has, yeah, I like that, you know, ha- has it programmed that that is distasteful, but really it's just all, it's more of the same. And I also see the humor in it. Yeah. It's not like I'm, you know, walking around with a straight back, you know, in a soft voice, like s- masturbating over my own ability to perceive <laughs> negative situations in a positive light. That's bullshit. I'm just thinking like, yeah, this fucking sucks. Yeah. And, uh, but it's just part of the equation, you know? And so later it won't suck. And, um, let's not get too wrapped up and caught up and turn this ember into a blaze or anything, you know? Yeah. You don't have to be happy about everything. I think that's a big, you know, sort of misconception. It's like you, unhappiness is a part of the, the, the ride. You know, I like to say rather be at peace with what you're dealing with. Like, Hey, this is, I'm at peace with this. This sucks. I don't like it. I don't love it, but I'm at peace with the, the compost. And I realize I got to have the shit on my shoes sometimes mm-hmm. in order for, you know, the flower to grow. Right. Exactly. It's it's all breathing in and breathing out. Like not just in the body, but I mean, absolutely reality and like the dynamics of our human experience it's just this you know this expansion and contraction Mm -hmm. and expansion and contraction you know yeah Yeah, absolutely and you know I, i think it's an interesting sort of concept i've heard it said you know who knows if it's the case or not but it it definitely sort of it makes a lot of sense to me when you start looking at, okay, it's a fractal universe, right? We're, we're sort of chips off the block. And uh, you can see, of course, looking at, you know, uh, atoms and how they sort of uh, mirror what's happening in the solar system and so forth. And, uh, you know, I've heard it said, what you, what you just said made me think of it is sort of the breathing in and breathing out of source or higher self right. or whatever it's like and and it being you know the the idea that the universe started as this infinitesimal you know speck that has exploded outwards and one of the theories is that one day it'll collapse back upon itself right the breathing in and breathing out of source in a sense like it's expansion contraction expansion contraction so uh i think that's an interesting 
when you talk about, you know, the universe being a mirror of sort of what's happening on a, you know, consciousness level, it's, it's an interesting, it gets very interesting. Yeah. I was, yeah, I would say, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's like, and even our, our lives, you know, that, that was the reason why I began eating meat again after the ceremonies was because even, you know, the, what you identify as Brandon, you know, whenever that thing is born and you, you know, go through your entire life, which to you seems very important and it is important, mm-hmm. but it has all of this nuance and relevance and this whole linear story that your brain has created. And then after you drop your body, which is the way I like that saying for death, um, oh, yeah, yeah, it's good. not to suggest that there's some Hallmark card waiting on the other side, side, but <laughs> you know, I, I do tend to look at people as like, um, these vibrations of, of awareness that's wearing a, you know, a meat tuxedo or something. Um, <laughs> so, you know, after you do that, it's like, that's the, that's the, the exhale, you know, and, and then there'll be another person that's born and that's the inhale and it's not you it has none of your personality or preference or your identity or ego but it's just uh you know another breath in another breath Emanation. out and continuous for all things in infinity and i think that um i think it's the alan watts thing where he talks about the the tree growing an, an apple and then the tree growing another apple another and then that apple falls and rots into the ground and then another apple is grown off that tree mm. and then that apple falls and rots and it's like it's still it's just appling you know but it's it's not the same apple but it's still appling and that's what the universe is doing is he quotes it so beautifully he says we're it's peopling you know and so that's that's all part of the the process and the cycle of of being um and that's why i started eating meat again was because i realized that i had stopped because of all the obvious answers of the you know the idea of life and not wanting mm-hmm. to consume it and the obviously the the industrial uh farming uh, pr- yeah. practices are are pretty abhorrent um but i realized that um one i'd sort of been holding on it had been 7 years i'd been sort of holding on to this idea this identity i realized it was in some forms of self identification i was like yeah i, I started yeah, it yeah. with good intention and yeah you know with with kind of involuntarily where I, I, it's actually just the more intellectualized the idea of eating meat. It started kind of grossing me out. And, um, yeah. you know, it's exactly it, what my sort of journey was, has been. And even recently I have eaten a little bit again. Like I just went to Burning Man Festival. Food's hard to come by out there. And, uh, and then just had an interview with this same individual. I mentioned Mike Bledsoe and he was talking about, it. he's like, you know, same kind of path as you going from not eating to eating it and realizing like, okay, industrialized farming is one thing, uh, you know, knowing how it's been, you know, sustainably farmed and so forth is a whole nother thing. And at the end of the day, it's such a personal journey. Uh, what feels, you know, and I think with all this stuff, there's so much, a sea of noise out there, uh, pros and cons of all these things. And at the end of it, it's like, it's such a personal sort of decision. It's like, you need to really listen to your own intuition. And I think that's the ultimate guide for all of us because we can be lost in all the information that's out there now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's like, with with anything, it's like, just listen to your intuition and go off that, you know? Um, but you know, to me, I think I just saw it all as this, uh, this cyclical nature of, of life and mm. reality. And, and it became, 
um, in the same way that I really released myself into that same structure I was describing of the kind of breathing in and breathing out. It's like there's, yeah, there's a momentary glimpse of Corey Allen-ness in the universe, but that'll go away. And then the, sto- you know, the shock mm-hmm. wave of being will continue. I looked at, at, uh, meet in the same way and whenever I experienced in my own mind anyway plants having consciousness from the ceremonies mm-hmm. you know I thought well uh, yeah you know then then what then then I'm gonna eat uh, eat yeah. air you know well what's who's to say <laughs> right. the air doesn't have a consciousness man get with it it's yeah. the new thing <laughs> I just want to I just want to pull those people's man buns so hard um, you know, and it's like, okay, well, if plants have a consciousness that it just took a entheogenic experience for me to be able to observe and define the paradigm of their consciousness from my human perspective and animals and mm. so forth in my consciousness, it's all this big churning system and, you know, life sustains life. It's folding into itself. And to me, I realized that a part of that was putting some of it in your mouth. <laughs> right. Right. Very, very interesting perspective. Um, so one question that I is another, well, I have a couple, like I always ask everyone, there's like a few questions. And one of them is, uh, you know, I love stories of synchronicity, serendipity, uh, you know, positive paranormal sort of stories. I mean, although if a demon chased you or something, you want to share that by all means, Corey. I mean, it, I had one know. crawl out of my chest, <laughs> but I, I slapped him on the ass okay. and told him to, to beat feet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> way to handle that way to handle that so i'd love to hear any kind of uh magical story you got for us sure yeah, yeah. you know one of the since we're talking about you know ceremonies and stuff like that one of the kind of best and funniest stories that that people enjoy i enjoy and is whenever i uh was going down there we went down there and we were in the, the ayahuasca kitchen um, you know, in the shaman, Don, Don Robert was brewing up the, the brew. We were all hanging around and, and, uh, one of the, you know, being a part of the, the brewing was important to them. And so we all were given various leaves and, um, some, you know, were given a little dash of toe, which was put in there. And if anyone's trying to brew their own for any reason and they go, Oh, they use toe, like my God, don't, what is toei? I don't know what toei is. It's a, it's a leaf that uh, is extraordinarily powerful and um, psychoactive. And also, um, it, it's toxic to, to some degree. You know, if you have more than a little, you're gonna, it's going to be a fucking nightmare. And, and also verging on the edge of psychosis. So whenever people wow. go to... Go so to, this is like an addition to their ayahuasca brew. This is like, let's yes. step it up kind of thing? Oh, wow. Well, well okay. yes, but... The important thing that I was stressing was that you know what happens is that people go to Peru, uh, they go to Iquitos, and they just find some guy and that oh I'm yeah. a shaman, you know. And th- what will yeah. often happen is someone will brew up you know a, a toway heavy batch of mm. ayahuasca, and that's the people that become incapacitated, have terrible nightmares, and, and uh, experience which lasts forever, and then they get you know molested or. Whatever it's basically like a a flash bomb that is that uh, is used. However, so in, in this brew, wow. you know the the person uh, Don Rober is a uh, banco shaman of you know three or four generations. I mean, he's really one of the highest uh, revered masters uh, in the Amazon. So you mm-hmm. know, in his brew, he uses basically like one toe leaf for 
I can't remember. It was like a, you know, a, a garbage bag full of um, whatever the other MOI inhibiting leaves mm-hmm. were. So, it, you know, it's like this, it's this very, it's like scotch making or whiskey making or something. Right, yeah. right, right. Or beer making. It's like, it's this specific detailed craft and recipe. Anyway, so they passed out uh, various plants and, you know, uh, pieces of vine or whatever, anything that's going to be thrown into the bubbling pot. And uh, uh, what you're meant to do is set your intention, which is important. Um, and mm-hmm. so you take whatever they gave you, go up to the bubbling pot and set your intention and then throw that that plant matter into the bubbling pot. So cool. whenever I, it was my turn, I uh, went up there and had my my uh, little leaves or whatever I had. Um, this moment actually is caught in the, the ayahuasca documentary that Aubrey just released. Um, there's a, oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah, a moment of me standing there making my intention and so what is the uh what is the documentary i, I got to check this out it's just called ayahuasca and i think it's i think it's okay. uh, drinks jungle.com is where you can go check it out and and dreams uh, yeah. of the jungle no no uh drink the jungle drink the jungle drink the jungle and, uh, okay, me and, and mitch and uh amber and and uh, dan engel and, and aubrey are all in it and his sister and a couple other random people that were just there and you can see don howard and don robert there doing their thing um you can see me in a infrared camera shot uh, mid ceremony swirling around in infinity um <laughs> so nice. anyway uh whenever i went to put this in and put the plant matter into the pot uh i heard a voice in my head and it was very bizarre it was like a, a psychic connection between the 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 brew and my mind and you know as i I think I've made clear up until this point, I am not one for bullshit or for embellishing of any type of experience. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I simply you definitely portrayed that. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I, cause I, to me, you know, obviously it's a diversion of the path of truth. I'm not interested in that shit. So right. in my, in my ears, eye, if we were my mind's ear, whatever you want to call it, as I was um, setting this intention, uh, I put the, yeah, as I was putting the leaves in there, this voice, it sounded like Marcellus Wallace from Pulp Fiction. Oh, you geez. remember him? Oh, man. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. He goes, uh, he goes we bad, motherfucker. Oh, we're going to do this shit smooth-like. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> You've already kind of got that voice. And I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe it was some... <laughs> Some deep, deep, you know, root of my brainstem talking to myself. (laughs) Yeah, but I I love that one. And you know, actually, people use that as sort of a a safe. So good. People use that saying. I told that story after it happened, and everyone that was there was was laughing, and we were you're just kind of enjoying how silly it was. And so, you know, subsequently in the ceremonies, people were coming up to me and saying, "Hey, man, you know what's funny is that in the rough times of my ceremony, I actually was." keep that was like my mantra as i was thinking like this is so good this smooth this is gonna be smooth you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good oh man yeah so I, i'll definitely have to check that out dan i actually had dan on the show a while back with uh uh martin palenko and dean adamson i don't know if you know them as well but uh i don't oh yeah uh very very interesting group yeah it was the three of them and um you know they of course are doing all the iboga stuff in mexico oh, and- right, right 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 yeah yeah, yeah. dan and i have known each other for for years and are, are friends and 
we knew each other back whenever both of us had hair. <laughs> <laughs> back in the hair years. Back in the hair years, man. <laughs> back in the hair years. Oh man. Corey, you're awesome. This has been like such a I could I feel like I could like pick your brain for another three hours, but um I know you have a life to get to, and so do I outside of this, but uh, I would like to ask, okay, so what's the best way for people to connect with you? Obviously on the show, Astral, Astral Hustle, and uh, anything else like that you want to share, anything exciting in the works or you know, anything you want to leave the people with? Sure. Yeah. You know, if you go to my site, Corey-Allen.com, all the resources are there. Um, you can, uh, one of the things I've made in the last year or so that people have really enjoyed have been a, a series of binaural beats. And mm. uh, there are a lot of those out there, but given mm-hmm. my background in audio production and, and being a composer, yeah. um, and also the interest in the, you know, in the mind and the internal self. And uh, I actually have been kind of studying frequencies and responses uh, towards towards the mind for uh, well over a decade, just in my own for interest in my own composition. So, I made a ser- a couple of volumes of binaural beats, which Aubrey and I released together, and um, cool. those are on his website. And also, you can get them through my website. Those have been uh, incredibly uh, successful and popular, and uh, the amount of you know hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of messages I've got from people have been it's just a beautiful thing to be able to put that out into the world. Um, also, can you explain a little bit about binaural beats for those who aren't that familiar? Sure, sure, sure. It's basically uh, a, a sound technology which you can use to entrain your brainwave states. So you play, you know, it's one frequency in one ear, one frequency in the other ear that have a slight vibrational difference. And the dominant uh, brainwave state in your mind, alpha, beta, theta, gamma, etc., uh, tries to make up the difference and then syncs with the difference between those two tones in your e- in your ears. So, you know, you'll always have sympathetic brainwave states and dominant ones. So the idea here is to entrain the brain into a particular state. So there are plenty for meditation. Um, I use them underneath my guided meditations to help you get into a, a lower you know, state of vibration of consciousness. And also for focus, you know, the second volume is called the flow pack. They're all intended to put you, keep you in a state of, of attentive awareness. And um, minor... Mine are unique in that I use actually, you know, a dozen pairs of frequencies simultaneously, all weaving in and out of each other in extremely subtle ways that probably to the ear, um, the casual listener would not be able to discern. Also, pulses of sure. white, you know, white noise and all this other thing. But it's a there's this linear progression which is painted across the length of these thirty minute tracks to really take you on this journey and unfold your mind in the best. Uh, in what I see the, the, the best way. And so those are there. Um, you can also on my site, you can see release into now, uh, which you can go to that website as well. Release now.com is my meditation course. It's a six week meditation course. And I, I take, um, basically everything I learned over the years of my own study with meditation. Uh, I don't like different schools of thought in general, much less in a meditation. I feel like the thing that's best is what works for you. And so yeah. I took pieces of different schools of thought, removed what I thought what was most interesting, and added my own self-discoveries and uh, perspective into that and built a six-week course, uh, which we are, we'll be enrolling for again. 
and um, very soon, maybe next week or so. So there's cool. that. And of course, my, my music. Uh, I have probably about a dozen albums. If you have vinyl, a lot of beautiful. Is that all? Beautiful, uh, delicious vinyl. <laughs> you can see on, yeah, on my on my site. Uh, the music's there. It's all conceptual uh, and, and lush, beautiful, and rather psychedelic. And um, beautiful. Then of the Astro Hustle, you know, that's the podcast, and we always have a good time stretching our little monkey minds on that on that show. <laughs> You're definitely got the Astro Hustle down. Like you got a lot of things going on there, all of which sound uh, supremely interesting. So I definitely want to check out this binaural beat stuff. I want to check it all out. So, uh, and I'm sure some of the listeners will as well. So, um, yeah, Corey, this has been quite, quite the epic adventure, picking your brain. I'd love to do it again sometime. And I will leave you with one question that I always leave off with. In 60 seconds or less, what's the meaning of life according to Corey Allen? Oh, the meaning of life is very simple. It's, it's just life. You know, we, our mm. being is the purpose for being. And that's yeah. all there is to it. You know, it's like, there's, it's not it. more complex than that. We just, I, yeah, we, we just, um, in the act of our own existence is where we find um, meaning. Yeah, I love it. You're creating the meaning. Ah, thank you so much, Corey. You are an epic soul, my friend, and uh, I look forward to uh, to our paths crossing at some point again in the near future. I'm sure we will. Until then, journey well. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, man, and I will talk to you again soon. Well, everyone, that concludes this week's interview episode. If you have enjoyed this positive download from our hearts and minds to yours, please Take a minute, give us a rating or review on iTunes, since iTunes is the holy grail of all things podcasting. Uh, your good reviews help us to reach more listeners. Also, we would be extremely appreciative if you would tell your friends and family about the show. Our sincere intent with the Positive Head podcast is to spread positivity to the world because, well, because we're selfish, quite honestly. Uh, I say that jokingly, but really only halfway joking. I'm referring to the good kind of selfish based on the knowing that we all get what we give in this life because when we give, we're actually always giving to extensions of self since we're all really one in the same consciousness just in different bodies. So if you want to be a good selfish along with us by helping to spread the positivity, by all means, please proceed to shout about the Positive Head podcast from your rooftop. <laughs> Otherwise. As you continue on your fabulous journey in this 3D reality, be sure to remember this. As long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Journey well, everyone, and thank you for being.